welcome to the Boost Up a podcast, a journey to self-discovery. I am your host, Khulud Smail, and if you didn't hit the subscribe button yet, please do so you won't miss any of the episodes. The topic for this episode is about eco-anxiety, and today I am delighted to have my guest again, Rika Kosei who is by training a social and environmental scientist and have been for long interested in the relationship between humans and nature. Rika is a life coach and counselor and focuses on the emotional reactions we may have to the news around the climate change, biodiversity loss and environmental destruction. Good morning, Rika. Hi, Kunut. How are you doing today? I'm good. How are you? Oh, thank you. I'm doing great. Thank you very much for making the time. I'm so glad that you are my guest again uh, in our second time talking about nature and what a beautiful subject and important subject for us, especially we are coming now into springtime uh, where you can see life coming back uh, to everything. And um, you, I want to thank you that you, you choose the, this subject, eco-anxiety, uh, to talk about it today. And it is a very important subject as it is growing bigger uh, and it is touching each one of us. So allow me first to start by introducing what is eco-anxiety to our listeners. So eco-anxiety is a newly coined psychological disorder afflicting those with anxiety rooted in the environmental crisis. It describes feeling overwhelmed by the planet's ecological crisis, such as climate change or pollution. So people experiencing eco-anxiety might be concerned about different things like wildlife or the future of habitability of the planet. Anxiety might also affect people differently. For example, it can be like stressed, being stressed, feeling depressed, feelings of grief, or even anger. Rika, um, what do you think of this definition? Do you agree with? Do you have different ones from your experience? Please. I think the definition actually sums it up quite well. Um, eco-anxiety in my mind has become a bit of a phenomenon and a bit of a pop culture term that um, people throw around a lot and it seems everyone is a little bit eco-anxious um, but I think what you mentioned in the definition there what we have to factor in is that eco-anxiety encompasses a lot of terms at the moment so we can talk about eco-guilt we can talk about shame we can talk about anger we can talk about fear, we can talk about hopelessness. All these terms come under the umbrella of eco-anxiety today, which isn't always helpful, but it kind of makes it a little bit more approachable, in, in particular when we talk about our emotional responses to climate change, because they are so diverse, it's nice to have this one term of eco-anxiety. What I like to emphasize always is that eco-anxiety for me is a moral emotion so it's something that stirs us because we feel we have an, a reaction to what is going on outside so you mentioned that it's not just climate change that it's also pollution it's also biodiversity loss it's even you can go as far as talking about political collapse and social collapse 
all these terms can be uh, grouped as, as the results of an ecological crisis, and thus we can talk about eco-anxiety. But again, this is, is such a huge term now that it's it's sometimes a little bit difficult to really narrow it down to mm. talk about specifically what eco-anxiety is rather than all these other things. Um, but I like to talk about eco-anxiety as a moral emotion because it's just such a such a nice way of looking at it because it, it touches on our understanding of the world and mm -hmm. our role in it today. Mm -hmm. I agree with you absolutely. It's a moral emotion that carries in it a sense of responsibility. And you know, you remind me of my son when he and his friends decided to join in March 2019, uh, the largest school strike ever, where almost 1.8 million people from worldwide have decided to participate in what we call a Fridays for Future, which is about students going to streets on Fridays during class time to protest against the failure of those politically responsible to deal with man-made climate change. And it is very important here to mention the climate youth activist Greta Thunberg, who started suffering from eco-based depression at 11 years old. She summarized it, it perfectly when she said, adults keep saying, we owe it to you, to the young people to give them hope. But I don't want your hope. I don't want you to be hopeful. I want you to panic. Which brings us to the question of, is echo anxiety good or bad? Because you can see in the message, there is an action coming, you know, there is, uh, we are facing the problem. We are talking about the problem. So what is your opinion on that, uh, Rika? To be entirely honest, I think echo anxiety is good um, because it wakes us up. It, it's this, this moment where you go, okay, something is wrong. And whether you notice that in yourself or you notice that out in the world, I think identifying as eco-anxious is something that is like a wake-up call. And I honestly, I loved Greta's words because they were so true. There is past generations, even today, are looking to for young to young people for hope for for solving this thing that they themselves have caused. And I'm not even excluding myself. I'm I'm a product of climate change just as much as everyone else, just as much as the young generation, by the way, as well. The way we live today, we wouldn't be here if it wasn't for climate change, if it wasn't for the destruction of our natural environment. But at the same time, we all have to be the ones to solve it. We all have to be the ones to, to come back. And if eco-anxiety is something that can help do that, do that, then that's awesome. I think it's a it's a really important step for anyone who thinks they have feelings of anxiety around ecological changes to, to use that as a wake up call and to get into this, into this moment of, so what can I do? What, what is there? Where can I turn to? Um, who, can I, who can I connect with to, um, to get me out of the state of anxiety? And um, ultimately, how can I solve the issue that I'm anxious about? I absolutely agree with you, Rika. And you remind me of the book I was reading uh, recently. 
by uh, Owen uh, Gaffney. He explains in his book, The Exponential Climate Action Roadmap, eco-anxiety is the correct response to the scale of the challenge. The environmental crisis is so important that our response to it is entirely rational and natural. And I love this because it is helping us to look at the challenge holistically. So by linking both the emotional and the rational aspects of this challenge and this, those crises, which bring us to the question, how can we take our discomfort and anxiety and channel it into real transformative actions for our planet? And I don't like to say our planet, excuse me, I have to, say, to, to correct it for the planet because I don't like to own the planet. We don't own the planet actually. And I have to watch out my language. So I apologize for this uh, word, I take it back. So for the planet. <laughs> um, so because we live in times of Corona and we live in times of lockdowns and everything, I think what has really come to the forefront in the recent months and in the recent year is that we can connect globally. And one of the solutions to anxiety is always seeking out community. Mm -hmm. And with that, when I say that, I don't mean to have to necessarily connect to your local community, to, um, to any local group, if you're not in sync with them, but to look around online as well. And you and I, we met, um, we met in an online academy we we've never met in person right we've never had a coffee <laughs> yeah that's true and we so get connected it just, it's <laughs> yeah and so you you can connect online and you mm. can connect through the online space and there are so many possibilities right now that i think the the ultimate the best way to um to to work through anxiety on a personal level and to develop action for a better planet is by seeking community. And my encouragement for any listener is to not limit it to the local community, but to look outwards. But obviously, if there is something going on locally, then that is the, the best first step. But don't stop there if, if it doesn't suit. Um, and don't give up because it doesn't suit. Um, yeah. But a couple of other things that I'd like to also point out when it comes to what can I do about if I feel anxious about um, ecological change, and my, uh, my number one is there to practice self-compassion, to practice kindness to yourself, to practice self-care. So when I, feel, when I feel overwhelmed, when it's just getting a little too much, I take a step back. I, for example, I block my evenings. I often have evening calls and I just for entire week, I say no more evening calls. I'm going to watch TV or be with my family or do something that doesn't involve me being in meetings all the time. It's just, you just have to know where your limit is and then actually have the confidence to say no or no further. Um, so I think a little bit of, of self-care, a little bit of compassion for your own, your own abilities and your own um, capabilities is really, is, is a really good step to tackle any anxiety and eco-anxiety in particular. And, um, and then the last one I'd like to point out, since you and I are both life coaches, that um, personal resilience is also another, 
important tool in tackling anxiety and eco-anxiety in particular. So building up this, this um, muscle of what, what is in my power? What can I do? Where can I turn to? What can I change in my life? What do I have power over? What do I not have power over? To establish that and to build the resilience that we all need today, I think that's that's um, that's a great way of, of working through anxiety as well. I love that. Thank you, Rika, for that. And I would say, so yeah, so communication, talk to each other, uh, spread the word with the message. And at the end, I mean, crisis like climate change, it's not the responsibility of one of us. We, it's not individual who caused it. It's, it's all of us. And therefore, we start from ourselves. And by being, you know, the, the, the best model we can be for uh, in terms of sustainability and the way we live, and we communicate our message to the others. I would like to add as well that the most important way in changing uh, the world is through, as, as you said, I mean, connect, connecting to each other and communication. And it is very easy really to get angry when we talk about something that we are so passionate about it. If, this, if the other person is not understanding our point or they have different ones. And here I would say, I would like to say that it's very important to, uh, why we spreading our message is to be, uh, we talk a lot about mindfulness, is to be really mindfulness about carefully listening to the others, what is their point of view, and to be able to explain our point of view without any, uh, uh, without this emotion, taking uh, more into rational debate rather than emotional only. And by that, we can inspire others and invite them to join us if they like, because, you know, maybe one person today is not ready, but maybe tomorrow will be ready. So it takes time and we need to be patient and we start always from ourselves. And one important thing for me that I always as well talk about it with my son, when he compared to his friends, why people don't do this, like, for example, carrying his water bottle, not to carry the plastic bottle, but to, to carry the stylus where he can refill it always. And he, he said to me, you are very weird. Why do you carry it always? And I say, well, it is very important that we care and we do something. You know how many bottles I am saving when I am not buying always those you know, plastic bottles? And then he compared and he say, everyone else, you know, all my friends, nobody carry this, especially now they are teenagers. So I say, okay, we need to start it from ourselves. Maybe you will be the model that maybe you will inspire others to start, you know, doing the same. And this is like what is the uh, um, accumulative effect or impact that it can spread. So, yeah, I would say uh, we started from ourselves and we hope that other people will join and we can do something, uh, a good impact to impact uh, our future and uh, the planet for a bit for yeah. better yeah ab mm -hmm. absolutely and that's that's always my credo as well as to start with yourself and then see what comes out of that um actually i heard the other day which i found really intriguing so i heard two numbers um i heard one number that says we only need about 14 percent of the world's population to adopt a more sustainable lifestyle to change and reverse the effects of climate change and the other one number was we only need three percent I don't know which number is correct. I haven't mm -hmm. actually researched it myself, but I found that really astonishing. It's not that we need half the world's population to change. We need mm -hmm. only a very small part. Mm -hmm. And just, just this thought that 
we can, you and I can, everyone who's listening can be that driver towards a better world with, with tiny actions, with like carrying a water bottle or whatever it is that you want to do in your life. Um, that, that's, that gives me a lot of power and it gives me a lot of pride to actually to say, yeah, I am doing what I consider the best way um, towards a more sustainable life on our planet. Yeah, oh, sorry, you didn't want to say our planet on the planet. On the, <laughs> on the planet. I mean, what do you think? Don't you agree with me? <laughs> I mean, I learned this yeah. in uni and I thought it makes sense. Who who gave us this, you know, authority to to own the planet? I mean, we are part of it, so we are all mm. part of the planet. And this is why I decided uh, I, it resonates with me, and I really would would like to uh, be careful about using that because we we just taking uh, the planet for granted, and we you know like it is there only to serve mm. our our needs and uh, ignoring uh, the whole system. By this, we come to the end uh, of today's episode. I want to thank you very much, Rika, for sharing your knowledge and your time with us. Thank you, Claude. Thank you for having me. This is what I have got for this episode. And if you love it, please share it on your Facebook or Instagram story. And tag me at holud.ismail, K-H-O-L-O-U-D dot I-S-M-A-I-L. And remember, sharing is caring. And I wish you a wonderful day.